0: I just to pray a prayer right fast with you guys. God, we just love you so much. And Lord, your presence and your spirit, God, that we feel in this house right now is so real. I found myself, God, even just sit, standing there and just mesmerized by your faithfulness, God, to our lives. How, Lord, that you continually pour out into all of us. And my prayer this morning is that we would allow this word that you have in store for us today to not just listen to it and take notes on it, or, but, God, to allow it to begin to resonate with inside of us. A word, Father, that will breathe life into every situation that's represented here. A word, God, that will bring compassion, love, but, and, and understanding. But, Lord, a word, God, that will also bring conviction and direction, And cause, Father, Lord, uh, discipline within our lives spiritually. God, may we know and understand what your will and your purpose and your plan is for our lives. May we, God, take a hold of this message today. And and open our minds and our, our spirits, our understanding to be receptive, Lord, of what the dreams and promises, Lord, that you have for every single one of us in this room. So, God, I'm asking you, speak to us. Move in every life. In Christ's name, and the church says, Amen. Amen. Man, I want to thank you all for being here. I'm excited. This is going to be a great message. I really believe that. Um, we got into this message series last week called What Do You Expect, right? What do you expect in life? What do you expect? What are you anticipating? What are you looking forward to? But let's go a little deeper than that. What do you feel that God has brought into your life possibly as a dream or as a promise? Really what we're looking at here is breaking down Scripture and understanding what faith is. But we know what faith is not. Faith is not an emotion. Faith is not uh, something that's dealing with this psychologically. But faith is you and I and understanding this, that we have faith simply because of the acceptance of Jesus Christ within our lives. He is faith. Faith is not something that you make up or build into or build up within your life. Knowing what faith is, faith is something, and watch this, faith can only happen When you attach it to something. Think about that. Faith can only take place. You can only demonstrate faith when you actually attach it to something. It's not just something hoped for. But it's something that we're going after. It's a dream. It's a promise. It's something that has been revealed to us. We've heard the term many times about faith. But I, I, my fear is, in understanding this, is that we have not utilized it truly in the way that God had defined it and purposed it for our lives. Faith is essentially in our Christian walk. You can't follow Jesus. In fact, it's simply impossible to serve Jesus if you don't have faith. The Bible scripture tells us that we are what? Saved. By faith. You please God through what? Faith. We receive God by faith. Faith is one of the more important tools that you have been given by God to see his plans worked out in your life and through your life. So the issue for many of us who are living an unsatisfied life may be, and you may be here today, and and, and that might be where you are living at, but the issue is, is that we have become accustomed to, groaned, groomed, placed into this type of mindset of simply settling. Have you ever been there? Maybe you're there now. Have you ever been in a spot where you're like, you know what? What I've worked for has not happened, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to settle for what there is. I'm just, settling is a defeat. Not, 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 not too many amens on now, you know. Settling is a defeat. Settling is a lack of faith. Settling is saying, God, I know what you've given me, but I'm not seeing it happen, so I'm going to settle. Settling is saying, God, you don't have enough power to do what you said you were going to do. All right, thank you. So my intent in this series is to help you use and understand what it is that you have, and that is faith. By nature, faith is unseen, right? By what, you know, faith is, is when you are expecting something, and it changes the way you actually live. Let me say that again. Faith is this, you're expecting something, and it actually changes the way you live. You now live with what? An expectation. What do you expect? Not what are you going to settle for? I don't want to settle. I don't want to be a church that settles. I don't want you to be individuals that settle. I want you to get what God intended for your life. Not what you're hoping for. Not what you're wishing on. Not looking at a fantasy, but looking at the reality that God has for you. Because where you're at right now, God has got greater plans than where you presently are. Now, think about your kids, right? Those of you who are parents, think about your kids. When you were expecting that child, everything began to change. Think about that. Changes. Changes happen, right? I, I showed you, or didn't show you, but I, I gave you this demonstration last week when uh, Andrea told, told me that, um, you know, hey, she's pregnant with, with, our, with Carter, my 8-year-old. And, and, you know, it was exciting. I'm not going to deny it. It was great. It was exciting. But it was very surreal for me at the same time. And, and you know, where she works at the hospital, she got this ultrasound. I, I remember this time, right? She got this ultrasound done that wasn't unscheduled, right? Or well, it was unscheduled. But anyway, regardless. And she brings this picture home to me one day of this, it look, I don't know what it was, right? This little dot thing. And it said, hi, Daddy. In that moment, things changed for me. Let me tell you. You know, it's crazy because, you know, I, this week was a groundbreaking week for us in our home. And my wife probably doesn't see it that way. I do because here's what happened. I went through the cabinets. And you know those child safety locks that you just get very frustrated with and you can't get them off and uh, I begin to take them off, right? When you expect things, when you expect something to happen, you begin to change the way you live. You begin to what? Prepare for what is to be, even though it's not there yet. Let me say that again. When you expect, you begin to prepare for what you can't see, what is not tangible in front of you now, but you're preparing for it as if it is coming because you know what to expect something different. So what do you expect? That's what our sermon series. That's what we're looking at. The problem is, is we have faith. We believe faith is what simply positive thinking, the warm, what fuzzy feeling, right? We forget that faith is a tool. It's kind of like this, taking a lasso and throwing it into the unseen. And that lasso coming around and then you pull it back. and There it is. You're going after the promise and the dream that God has laid before your life. What is that dream? What is that promise for you? What are you expecting now? What that is, whatever it is that you're expecting now, that will be what you experience later. Every one of us in this room should have an expectation of something from God. If you don't, then what you're going to experience later is not anything from God. Now, what I'm going to do I'm going to follow up with the question that we talked about last week, and that was simply, what do you expect? And here it is. What happens after you have identified something? What happens after you have identified something? Watch this. You're not expecting until you are acting. That's impossible. You can't expect on something. You can't expect something to happen until you begin to, what, act on it. You're not expecting Until you are acting for a lot of people, they believe that belief of of hope or excuse me, faith is just hope. Scripture teaches us that we are not expecting until we are acting. You have a promise. You have a ministry. You have something that God has placed heavily within your life. He has given you a direction. He has given you that light bulb moment. He has clearly pointed it out, printed it out, pictured it for you. You have the image within your life. What happens after you identify that you must act on it? Take a look at this. James chapter 2, verse 14. Here's your proof. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? What does that deeds mean? In other words, another version says, has no actions. So what good is it if someone claims to have faith but has no action? Many people believe in something. But the difference between those who are still believing and those who have received it is simply this. They acted. Many of you, are stuck right there. You, you know the promise. You, you know what God has laid on you. You know what the dream is that God has given you. And you're not attaining it. And what we are doing is simply sitting back and waiting for the fantasy to come to become Real. Watch this in the scripture, James chapter 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, what is it? It's dead. If your faith is not accompanied by action, it is dead. And really what it boils down to becomes a simple this, a fairy tale within your life. You're waiting for something to happen without doing anything about it. Now. Faith in itself is not enough. You can't just hope or keep saying that you are believing God for it. Look, I've been there. I know what that's about. Some of you are there right now. You've just been saying, I'm believing God for it, but you're doing nothing to attain it. You're not going after He says that if it is not accompanied by action, what? It is dead. People who are believing and not acting have a dead, and I hate to say this, but it's real, useless faith. You're wasting a fantastic opportunity. You're wasting an emotion. A lot of people aren't receiving from God because they are not doing what? Their heart. Their faith has no value. We receive promises from God's word that never go fulfilled because we think we are in faith and we're just sitting back and not doing our part in this. We're not what demonstrating and displaying action. I want to show you, a, and without going into the scripture, I'm just going to r- summarize it for you right fast. Um, the story: Jesus is in Capernaum, right? And he's he's teaching. His popularity has really grown. Okay, really grown. And 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 people are coming all over. And so he's he's in this. He's in Capernaum, he's in his town, and he's in his home, uh, probably just sitting there visiting, and next thing you know, the word gets out that Jesus is there. And so all these people start coming and gathering, and next thing you know, there's nowhere else to sit. Then people are lining up in the walls of the home, they're standing around. The Bible tells us that they're simply also into the streets. People were hungry. Do you know one thing about Jesus? Jesus is attractive. I'm not talking about just physically. All right, I'm talking about he's attractive in the sense people want to be around something like that. So here, here he is, he's, he's there, he's teaching, and uh, this guy who's paralyzed, he's lame, hears about it. So he gets his buddies, you guys heard me speak on this story many times. So he gets his buddies together and he says, you know what, I, we, I, you guys got to get me to Jesus. Get me to Jesus because I know something's going to happen here. So here they go, they, they get him on a mat or a, or a bed of some sort and they pick him up and they carry him into town and they find out where Jesus is and they go to the location and there's a crowd all around. I mean, it's massive. For many of you right there, you'd have been like, turning around and walking away because you see an obstacle in front of you. That wasn't enough for them. They, they, they saw what? A promise. They saw something in that moment. They knew that big things were about to happen. So what did they do? They get him, and they press into the crowd. They're getting closer to the home. They're able to finagle their way through the, on the outsides of it, but they realize that standing in front of them is a very real impossibility, and that is there's too many people to get this guy into this home. Because, look, so many people in that moment were going after Jesus. They were wanting something. They were pressing in. But there was a difference between pressing in and going after and putting action to your words. So here's this guy, he's lame, he's paralyzed and he's, they 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 bring him in and or they bring him to the house and they realize you know what we can't we can't get him in here. Now there's a, there's several people here who are demonstrating a lot of faith, one the man himself and secondly the friends who are carrying him. Apparently this was a close-knit relationship. Notice you know, it, it was probably just a few of them who were carrying him. He didn't have, like, all of his family and friends go with him. What happened there? His circle became small, small in that moment. So he's got his friends, and they look, and they're like, man, we, we, what are we going to do here? And so they begin to put their faith into action. Hey, you know what? Let's, let's, get, him, let's get up on this roof. Let's get up on this roof, and then we're going to see what happens. So they get up on the roof. They carry him. Could you imagine the inconvenience? Do you see this right here, the inconvenience of this moment? But yet they didn't allow inconvenience to stop them from the faith that they were trying to demonstrate through actions. They didn't allow this inconvenience, one of the crowd, two of them trying to get him on top of them. They didn't allow the circumstances around them to define the moment. So what did they do? They get him, they hoist him up. They get him up there, their friends are up there, and they're like, all right, what are we going to do now? We got him up here. We're above everyone else. What are we gonna do? So what what do they do? They start taking apart whoever owned the home, the roof. That's faith. <laughs> Somebody comes to my house and starts tearing off shingles and plywood to get down into my whoa, whoa, time out. Er, wrong. That ain't happening. They're believing something God's gonna do a miracle here in a couple different ways, right? So what do they do? They start taking it and they lower the man down. And they lower him down, and this is an act of showing faith. There is action that's taking place right here. And, and we know that what, with all of these people around, Mark chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, it says, They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, the only way you can see faith is through action. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Can you see someone's hopes? Some of you are what? You're hoping you're in a hurry, right? Um, You want to see things happen in a timely manner. You want to see them happen according to your plan. You're sitting back. You're hoping. Can you see somebody's wishes? No. It's kind of funny. Um. I forget it was like several weeks ago. Um we were we were eating dinner and you know the wishbone that comes in was it chickens, right? And and we had Caden and Carter and and we let them, you know, pull the wishbone away. childlings, okay? It's fun. It's not witchcraft, okay? And so <laughs> all right? So they, they one was one in, one was the other and they pull it, and you know, whoever's got the biggest end make a wish, you know? And so they pull it and Carter had the biggest sin, and he's ready to throw out his wish, and I'm going, no, 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 no don't do, do that. Keep that inside. I don't need to, you know, just playing the game with him there on that. Do you know somebody's wishes? No. Do you know what people are hoping for? No, you don't see that. There's no action behind that, but we understand that faith must, what, follow faith? Action. We see that right here in that scripture where Jesus says, what? I seen your faith, or because of your faith, this has happened. Jesus saw this man's faith. When we look at you, when he looks at you, what does he see in your life? Can he see what, you, what you're believing for? God hears our prayers, but he sees our faith. Like this, you, know, you can pray for a promotion, right? But what God wants to see is, are you willing to get up early before everyone else gets there and go above and beyond to receive that promotion? So that why? Then God can act on your behalf. you got to do your part. Don't be lazy. Don't procrastinate it, right? You want your marriage to be better than what it is? Why don't you be the individual that allows the selfish acts to be put aside and do something for the other person and see if God doesn't come in and begin to intervene and do something differently? You can pray about your health. But what God is waiting for you to do is what? Push the Oreos aside. Head to the gym so God can see your faith. The only difference between those who inherit God's promises and those who don't, it's not desire, it's action. Let God see your faith. You know, if you will just get going, I I, want to show you... uh, a few steps um, that if you will do your part, I believe that God will begin to bring those promises and those dreams that you have been hoping for and wishing for, but now you're going to begin to do some action to see them. We're going to look at two essential actions for those who are expecting, expecting God to do something. No matter what your dream is, is these are actions according to Scripture that I feel that God responds to in great ways, almost the most. We're going to see by visiting what was the most famous pregnancy throughout all of Scripture. Many, you know, As I was going through this, I was like, God, this sounds more like a Christmas message, you know? But we're going to look at Jesus' birth. What I want you to understand here for a minute is, When you look at Mary, most of the time we think of a sculpture. Most of the time we see her, what, as a stained glass window ornament, so to speak. But what I want you to understand about Mary is she was very ordinary. Nothing great, nothing special, nothing that really sticks out. We don't know of, you know, did she have the most impressive um, reputation she, she just lived, what, an ordinary life in an ordinary town. There was nothing super that would really stick out that would be like, wow moment. We see that God comes into one of the most ordinary circumstances and delivers his greatest promise ever to mankind. I should encourage you a little bit right there because we're, we're a room full of ordinary people every one of us we are ordinary god uses us, god move in our lives god fulfilled the promise god fulfilled the dreams right the reason why god chose mary was because she was willing to act on what god expected so let's look at some scripture luke chapter 1 verses 28 through 30 the angel went to her and said greetings you are highly favored man i would love for an angel to pop into my bedroom and be like greetings kevin you are highly favored says, the Lord is with you. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled. In other words, she's confused. She's a little bit disturbed here. Greatly troubled, why? Because at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be like, uh-oh, you say I'm highly favored, but what are you about to drop into my plate? Right? What are you expecting me to do here? Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor." With God, twice there. It wasn't enough to understand the first time, Mary, you are favored. If you notice this, but now she had to be uh, what encouraged again. That hey, chill out. You're cool. You're favored. All right. Here we go. Verse thirty-one it goes on to say, "You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you were to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High." The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What we see here is that God gives Mary a great promise. Now it's Mary's responsibility to what? Give birth to that promise. Mary does two things. And I feel these two things are what are essential for us. Number one is this. Get ready. Get ready. Watch this. Luke 1, 38 through 39. Then the angel left her. At that time, this is, understand what that means there, what that represents. That little phrase, those three words, at that time, represents Mary has now settled it within her heart. What God has promised, ordained, given a dream over. She, at that moment, realized what God was wanting to do in her life. Some of you, that's where you need to to focus on here for a moment. What has God spoken into your life? What great feat does God want you to accomplish? What is God going to drop into your family? What is God going to drop into your life? When she realized this, here's what she did. Mary got what? Look to the person, uh, hold on, Mary got what? Now look to the person beside you and say, get ready. All right, get ready. Because this is going to get better. When is the proper time to get ready? The moment that God gives you the promise. Don't sit back, right? Don't wait for things to change around you. Start moving when God gives the promise. Here's what we do. We think miracles are merely magic tricks. They're not. They're far from that. Miracles are when faith-filled people begin to take steps toward promise and show God that he can put his grace on something. Watch this. I challenge you. Go in your Bible this week in the New Testament. Read every miracle that Jesus ever performed. Before the great feat came to be, something happened first. Someone had to move. Someone had to take on an action. Something had to take place. When you do your part and you begin to move into whatever that is that God has downloaded or dropped into your spirit, dropped into your mind, dropped in you, you are then going, Lord, I've done my part, show up. Now you gotta do yours. Jesus didn't have to go find a boy that had fishes and loaves. What did he do? The boy brought small steps to Jesus, and then the miracle took place for everyone else. Jesus didn't have to find places to put wine in. What did they do? The small steps were taken. Barrels of water were given. Then Jesus displayed his power. For a lot of people, we are waiting for God to do it, but God is waiting for us to do something, anything to get this thing started. For many, you're not in faith, but watch this. You're merely in fantasy. We need to learn how faith and fantasy are different. Check this out. Fantasy hopes it happens. Faith, what does it do? looks for the opportunity, for an opportunity. Fantasy talks about what? Someday. Someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to go to the gym. Someday we're going to be, you know, financially stable. Someday I'm going to stop overspending on ridiculous things. What does faith do? It takes the first step. I'm going to begin to make the right choices, make the right decisions, right? Fantasy relies on what? Luck. Here's what we don't like. Faith relies on discipline. Fantasy says, makes others responsible. What's their fault? Do you know why that happened in my life? Because of the dumb decisions that they made. It's their fault. What does faith do? Makes themselves responsible. Understand, you're the one making the decisions for your life. If you choose to allow someone else to dictate and define who you are, that's your choice. You're making them responsible. Why don't you stand up and and grow up as a man and woman of God and make yourself responsible? You are where you are because you chose to be there. You made the choices. Watch this. Fantasy becomes regret. Right? Faith, what is it? Becomes reality. What you expect now is what you will experience later. Now, the Bible says that Mary got ready. We understand that. It didn't say that she got a copy of what to expect when, when you're expecting, did it? No ultrasounds with hi daddy on it, right? That would have been kind of weird, wouldn't it? It says that she got ready. All she had was a promise, and she, what, oriented her whole life around that promise. So how do you get ready? We get ready for the promise when it arrives. We be generous when I'm, what, going to be successful? No. Um, I'm going to be disciplined once I get the promise. No, that's not how this works. We are to move first and then God acts. You are waiting on a move of God and he's waiting on you to move towards him. Scripture says that when we draw near to God, what does he do? He draws near to us. Let me repeat that. When we draw near to God, what does he do? He draws near to us. Watch this. If you're single and you're waiting for the right one to come along, begin to do the right things. Start getting ready for it. Get in a Bible reading plan. You're not, watch this, I love this. You're not going to find Mr. and Mrs. Right in the wrong place. Can I say that one more? How many single people we got? Throw your hand up. Look around. Look around. You might have somebody in here. All right. That's cool. If you're waiting on your career to launch, watch this. Get ready in the morning. Educate yourself. Make some connections. Iron your shirts. Brush your teeth. Come, get a haircut, Brad. <laughs> that was good. And Talman. Watch this. Be a great parent, right? You're waiting on becoming a great parent. I, this is me. This one spoke to me. I knew this one so well. Stop comparing yourself to everyone else. Know that God has put everything in you to be the best mom and dad he has called you to be, Pastor Kevin. <laughs> I got to remind myself that one all the time. Watch this. If you're ministry-minded, don't just hope and that, that God is going to use your life. Get ready for it. Get out of bed. Show up on a Sunday morning. Some of you are starting to get that. Thank you. Right? Park some cars. Put a pastry out here. Make some coffee. Rock some babies in here. Pick up a piece of trash that you see instead of going, son, is that how they treat the house of God? Apparently it's how you treat it if you're not picking it up. God is waiting for you to do something. Here's number two. And I think this is going to change the trajectory of your life. Get around the right people. You are the sum total of your relationships. The people you surround yourself with will guide you on how you think and how you talk. If you don't like what's coming out of you, look who's around you. Watch this. Luke chapter 1, 39 through 40. I love this. It says, at that time, Mary got ready, and she did something. She hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home. Now, this guy is a priest, all right? She's getting in God's house. She's doing something right here. She's getting where she needs to be. You being here today, watch this, is a big deal, because you're in God's what? House. See the priority there that she put on it? The moment she got her promise, what did she do? She got into God's house. But she's at Zachariah's home, and she greeted Elizabeth. Watch this. Often, your dream will not sit well with everyone else in your life. She's a teenage girl who is now pregnant, and it's not by her future husband. They weren't throwing her, what, a baby shower. Can you imagine the reputation that has now happened in her life? Can you imagine what people were saying, not only behind closed doors, but right in her face? How did you get pregnant again? Oh, the Holy Spirit. Sure, Mary. Here's what Mary figured out extremely early in this whole process. Watch this. Sometimes God has given us a dream so big that we can't stay with the small faith people. Your circle must become smaller in order to obtain the dreams and promises that God has spoken and placed and ordained for your life. You need to get rid of some people. People that are causing you and helping you to compromise. Compromise is usually always ushered in by somebody. Helping you go where you, what, shouldn't go. Spend money you shouldn't spend. Say the things that you shouldn't say. Bringing you into environments that you shouldn't be in. Get out of your life the people that take you away from God's will and get around those who will, what, march you back into God's will. Mary hurried. Some of you can't afford to hem and haul any longer over this. You need to get rid of these toxic relationships. What if I hurt their feelings? What if you miss your destiny? At the end of it, you aren't going to stand before them, but you will stand before God. Elizabeth is the type of person that you need in your life when God has placed a dream inside of you. Elizabeth was what? She was expecting it well, expecting as well. You need to understand this. Get someone who is ahead of you. Elizabeth was already six months pregnant before Mary became pregnant. She knew the feelings of excitement, and she knew the obstacles that were to come. There's a great promise that's given to us in Proverbs chapter thirty verse or 13, verse 20. says this, Walk with the wise and become wise. What does the Bible say? It's just just walk with them and you'll become them. Watch this. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Or what does that mean? Stays in trouble. One option will help you move forward. The other option will keep you where you're at or pull you further away. You need to pursue what it is, what God has given you. Possess that in your life. Elizabeth didn't come to visit Mary. That's what what we do a lot of times. Here's what we do. God, I I know this is the promise. I know this is a dream, and I'm just asking you to do it. Her first step of action was what? She went to Elizabeth. She allowed her circle to become smaller. She got around someone who was what? Already expecting. She got around someone who was very faithful. She was pursuing. She was going after. She was doing the first steps. She was doing what was necessary. She what, got around someone who encouraged her. We need to get around those who are encouraging us. Could you imagine how shaky Mary must have been when she got there before Elizabeth? The family, the gossip. She's worried. She's upset. Did I hear the angel right? Joseph may not even what? Stay with me. Watch this. Let's look at verse 42 through 45. And I love this. This is Elizabeth here in this moment, right? It says, in a loud voice, she exclaimed. I love that part. In a loud voice. In other words, what? She's purposely wanting Mary to hear the excitement. She's an encourager. She wants Mary to experience the fullness of what her promise is, right? She says, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. In other words, she's saying, I want all those people around who have been talking trash about you to hear, to, to, to be because watch. She says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Before Mary even put her suitcase down, Elizabeth was what? In her ear, encouraging her, jumping up. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about your dream. if God's placed it in you, if He has given you the vision, it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks about your dream. If God is birthing it in you, He's going to make sure it comes through you. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks about. I want you to be encouraged. Blessed are you because I'm in the presence of people who are highly favored by a great, 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 great God. Don't give up. Don't fall back. Don't allow this moment to go to waste. God has placed it inside of you. Let's see him fulfill it. Begin to what exercise that faith. Put it into action. Put it into action. Begin to show yourself before God. God, I believe in you. You're going to do this in my life. Because why? We need people in our lives that what? Who won't allow us to settle. Don't settle. You have settled long enough. Some of you are in relationships because you settled. Some of you are working jobs because you settled. Stop it. God has given you a promise. God has given you a calling. He has given you a vision. He has shown you in your heart and your spirit what he wants in your life. Go after it. Stop him hauling. Allow people to be in your life that's going to speak life. This is what happened with Mary. She instantly went to Elizabeth. She knew, one, she went where she should go, and that is in the house of God. And being there, she is greeted by Elizabeth, and she said, be encouraged. She's shouting it out. She wants all the naysayers to see and to hear that, no, no, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. All that matters is what God's wanting to do. Now, get someone who won't let you settle. Watch this. Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. You know what we do a lot of times? Is that we, instead of surrounding ourselves with the people who are trying to bring encouragement, who are trying to bring direction within our lives, who are trying to to, to not be that voice of negativity. Look, we've got enough noise in your life telling you don't need to do this. You can't do this. If God has birthed it in you, thank you. You can do it. Go after it. You know what God's called you. Be, you know what, settle in that. That's one thing you can settle in. I know what God has called me to do. And, you know, it doesn't matter what everyone else is going to think. I'm going to fold my arms on that. I'm going to throw up an attitude because I know what God wants. I'm not going to be pushed around. I'm not going to let the voices of negativity to come into my life. I'm going to fulfill what God's promise and has ordained me to do within my life. I'll be honest with you. Becoming a pastor, being a pastor was not what I necessarily wanted to do in life. I always said this, I am going to be a youth pastor and then I will do ministry as a support role. Why? Because I ain't got to mess with none of (laughs) y'all. I used to love it, right? People would come to me sometimes and they'd be like, and they would still call me Pastor Kevin even before I became the pastor because I was a youth pastor at the time. And they would be like, Pastor Kevin, I'm just going to tell you what I, see that guy down the hall, Pastor John Thorne? You need to go tell him. Now that guy's me. But I remember there was times that, that, that when it was brought to my attention, I think I might have shared a little bit of this with you uh, last week, that instantly in my mind I went, you know, God, I just, I feel what you're pulling me toward, but man, my mind says no, but my spirit is crying for it. What's your spirit crying for? What's your spirit crying for? What's that promise? Is it the whole, your whole row being your family? Being here in church with you and experiencing a mighty move of god is that what is that is that a promise go after it don 't be fearful of it go after it you know i um I remember when I decided <laughs> funny how i say when I decided when I just gave in God had already decided it, but I remember when um, I, I said, you know what? I I can't settle because I'll never be happy. I can't settle. I can't do this without doing it all, you know, going after God and all of it. I got to act. And I I reached out to a, a small group of friends who are ministers. And uh, I reached out to them and I I, I kind of told them what was happening. And, and I, I made a, a small statement that, you know what? Um, I'm just, I can't believe that God's doing this in my life because they were all part of my life many, many, many years ago. And they know my story. And I said, I can't believe that God is wanting to do this. And one of them spoke up and and I often replay that in my mind. And he said, you know what? It's not because of your faithfulness that God is doing. It's because God is faithful. And he's going to make sure his promises are fulfilled. I want you to know that. today. You might have written off what those promises are. You might have written off what those dreams are. God hasn't. You might have detoured them. You might have prolonged the process. We can start that over today. That no longer has to be. Don't settle. Don't settle for where you are. You know, I got a nice, cushy job right now. Everything's good. Not a lot's required of me. I'm just going to sit back and go through the motion. That's not what God intended for you. Go after what God wants for your life. Don't settle. You know, I remember when when I did this and and made the decision to to, to become the pastor, I said, you know, this doesn't work out. I can always go right back into insurance. Ugh. That's not even a question. Look around you. Look what God is doing. Look how people are being blessed. I'm not gonna give a name here because I don't wanna embarrass this great couple, but I found out they're expecting, and I can't help but say that's not an accident. That's ordained by God, and God's doing something fabulous, and God's gonna fulfill promise and destiny, and you're gonna be blown away by how God is gonna do and what he's gonna do. Some of you in here, you've been praying over job after job after job, and it's not just lined up, but you're not doing nothing about it. You know, maybe God has you where you're supposed to be and he's gonna promote you in that. Straighten yourself up, put your chest out, man. Get there early, let's do something different. Some of you are looking for that single, you know, you're you're single and you're looking for that spouse in your life. Get a shower. That's a start. You're not going to find them in the wrong environment. Stop looking in the wrong places. I love God. Stand with me. We talked about Jesus. We talked a little bit about his birth there. We've talked about God. We've experienced God. We've experienced a move of him in his place through worship, and it's been fabulous. But you know, really, all of this means nothing without a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing. You can't exercise faith if you don't have faith in you. And faith is who? Jesus. He is faith. Faith's not an emotion. It's not something that you build yourself up to mentally. Faith is Jesus. You need to tap into your faith. But if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day. This moment is the opportunity for your entire life to change. So I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask this question. Today is the day that you want to accept this Jesus into your life. And you want to say, Pastor, today I I want him in me. I want to make a brand new start today. Today everything changes for me. I want you to lift up that hand. I see that hand and that hand. I see that hand. That hand. Those hands. Those hands. Wow. You can put them down that's fantastic here's what we're going to do church as a family we're going to pray this prayer boldly, enthusiastically and outwardly pray with me dear Jesus today I choose to follow you be the Lord of my life be my master and be my Savior from this day forward I will serve you and only you Lead me, guide me, protect me, and fulfill your dreams and promises in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give that Lord a hand, clap of praise, amen. 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 All right, now, here's where it gets fun. I want God to begin to act in your behalf. I want you to exercise that faith. I want you to begin to do things that you need to do. You know what that promise is. You know what that vision is. Encrypt it in your mind. Take a picture of it. Write it down. Have it bold print. Slap it on your windshield, on your car, so you see it, not in front of it, but you like to the side, you know? Get a picture of what God's promised for your life. Don't lose sight of it. Keep it there. And begin to move in it. Because watch this. God's going to open the opportunities for you to move in. He just wants you to see you move in. Put that foot forward. And he will begin to guide the rest of them. Amen. Begin to step out in your faith. That is what your faith is. It's your action. Step out into it. Do something different. Get creative. Watch God move. Because I promise you this. I promise you this, if you do your part, God has to do his. I want to pray this prayer because I believe every one of us in this room today needs help with this. Watch this, I'm a pastor and I need help with it too. There's decisions that I have to make sometimes that I want to settle because it's not going to ruffle the feathers. God didn't call us to settle. He called us to move forward. Let's pray. Father, we love you. I thank you for every person here today. Lord, it's obvious you're doing a great work. And Lord, just continue to move in the behalf of your people. Continue to open the doors you want open and close the doors you want closed. But God, help us to exercise our faith. Help us to attach it to something. Help us, Lord, to move in that faith because you are faith you are our faith and we need to move in you father help us lord not to settle help us to put people in our lives like an elizabeth someone who is an encourager someone who has been there lord help us to fulfill that scripture in proverbs that we will surround ourselves with the wise so that we will become wise and stop surrounding ourselves with fools so we won't become companions of fools Help us, God, to move in your purpose, your plan, and your will for our lives. Because, God, we understand this, that when you, Lord, move in us, you're not only moving in me as an individual or them as individuals, but, Lord, those who are surrounding themselves, who they're surrounding themselves with daily are also being impacted. This isn't just about me. It's about all those that I surround myself with and about all those that they surround themselves with so that we can make a difference and, Lord, share the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout all this world. So, God, help us. Help us not to lose the dream and the promise. Let us not lose the focus. But, Lord, let us, you know what, God, rebirth it in us today. There's some here today, Lord, who have given up the dream, given up the promise. God, put it back in them again. Bring it back to their mind. Bring it back into their heart, into their spirit. So much so, Lord, that they can't stand themselves unless they begin to act in it, Lord. Move, Father. God, I love you. And I thank you for this church. I pray blessing over every individual. As they leave this place, Lord, encourage them, surround them with the right people, protect them, lead their steps, Father, Lord. Guide them in everything. And Father, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, All right, we love you. Have a great day.